you to open your Bible. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to two openings for me, if you would. Uh, there's something the Lord asked me to do today, and uh, this will initiate something that we may be doing for a little season here. But I want you to look at Romans 16, 20. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. And then I would like for you to look at Matthew's gospel, not Matthew, Mark's gospel, chapter 1. If you could open to both of those openings, glory be to God, blessed be the name of the Lord. We're going to look at Matthew, excuse me, Mark, I keep saying Matthew, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. But let's look at Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I may add one verse to it that's in the chapter previous. Romans chapter 16, you got your Bible. Do you have it open? I don't have time to wait on computers. Glory to God, we're quick. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. And the God of peace. I said the very God of peace. Shall bruise Satan. Under your feet. Shortly. Shortly. Decide right now I'm a first responder. If it's going to happen to anybody in the room, it'll happen to me first. I'm all in. I, I came with my swimming trunks on. See, when I... <laughs> let me explain it to you. I, I, I was a good team player, and uh, I, I tried to cheer my teammates on, and I tried to do my part in encouraging them. But one thing I was not good at was sitting while other people were playing. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? All right. So, glory to God. Get the splinters out. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about being at the ready. I remember, I remember playing basketball. They had the old warm-ups, you know. And uh, in those days, listen, let me just tell you. It wasn't like today. You see a picture in the old days, we had the short shorts. You know, we needed some nair to play basketball back in my... <laughs> Didn't we, Brother Curtis? That's all right. Brother Curtis was styling. He was showing off his legs. He... But then, <laughs> Brother Curtis may remember this. <laughs> you had those warm-ups, and they buttoned up. Woo, son, that was cool. Because <laughs> I guarantee you... Hey, I'm warming up, and we're going through the pregame, but then I love this part. <laughs> All those buttons, I had those buttons where they, brrr, off the warm-ups came. It didn't take me like, oh, I got to go to the, I got to go to the room and untie my high tops. No, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Now, you come to church that way. Yes, <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, and the God of peace. Come on now, the very God of peace. The very God of peace himself. God Almighty, your Father, shall bruise Satan under your feet. Shortly. 
When I went to Shreveport Sunday night, I was on the way down there. The word of the Lord spoke to me very strong. He said, here's what I want you to minister there. The acceleration of restoration. Glory to God. And man, we had a time. Woo, we had a time. Glory be to God. The acceleration of restoration. So uh, this is, and, and by the way, I'm not in the message yet. I'm just, I'm just warming up. All right, glory to God. All right, so I want you to understand these two openings, very important. The acceleration of restoration. God wants to do some things, and he wants to do it more quickly in your life than you're ready. Glory to God. And so um, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Now look at this verse. Jesus, when he preached, he said, the time is fulfilled. Now, in this message today, I won't speak to this specifically, but Haggai talked about why the people weren't receiving their supernatural harvest. Now, I'm just, I'm just opening the way here. I'm opening the path here, all right? In the book of Haggai, I'll tell you what, let's, let's just, hey, we're, we're a Holy Ghost bunch around here. And if you're a visitor, just hang with us. You know, pull your hair out and run crazy screaming out the door or something. Praise the Lord. <laughs> this doesn't have to be interpreted, but we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we have a prayer language and we don't know what to pray. He helps us. So praise the Lord. Let's just take a moment. I just want you to pray in the Holy Ghost with me. I want to make sure I administrate this correctly that I saw it. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the help to know what to do. We're looking into the Spirit. Oh, glory. Oh, I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do exactly what you said. Okay, I got it. Uh, yeah, he told me to take some time, not do it today, to take some time and spend a whole message on this. So let me let you know one of the things we will cover in the next few weeks. But I just want you to write down in your notes Haggai chapter 1. And, and there's only two chapters in that whole prophetic book. It'd be great if you'd read it. But the thing is, is he tells them about why they're not receiving the harvest off their seed. Now, I want you to keep Mark 1 up here. He tells them why. And he basically says to them, he says, you're putting money in bags with holes in them. You've sown much, you've reaped little. And he makes this statement. He says, consider your ways. So their ways were keeping God's covenant promises from working for them. Are you listening? Then he said, come up into the, house, come up into the mountain. We'll, we'll deal with this later. Come up into the mountain, bring wood, build the house that I may be glorified. The glory's coming, but for the glory to come to the house, there's going to have to be some change in our ways. Now, here's the point that the Lord wanted me to make. By verse 8 of Haggai 1, and once again, we're not going there. We're, okay, just you put in your notes. We'll do a whole message on this. But here's the thing. By verse 8 of that first chapter, he says, you are saying, and you look in the Amplified Classic, Haggai and Zechariah were the two prophets primarily used to speak to Zerubbabel and Joshua to rebuild the temple. The foundation had laid there 18 years. They laid the foundation, no work done for 18 years. Had been 18 years. And God says, 
you say it's not time for the house of the Lord to be built. That was one of the major ways they had wrong. This move's not going to come when you think you're ready. God doesn't give you instructions to do things because you're finally situated where you're comfortable and don't have to use any faith. <clears throat> After 18 years, they were still saying it's not time yet. That was the thing Jesus brought up to the disciples in John 4 when he said, Say not ye there four months and then cometh the harvest. Look unto the fields. The, the, the fields are white unto the harvest already. So the big thing that cost Israel 40 years of wandering is let us go up at once and take the land or we can't do it. It's not time. We're not ready. They're bigger than we are. We don't have enough money in the bank to get the loan or whatever. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Cost them decades. Cost these people the full prosperity of the covenant promise of sowing and reaping. Jesus said it cost them the harvest. He said the way you're thinking about it, saying it's not time yet, is costing you the supernatural anointing to go get this supernatural harvest. Now Jesus, first thing out of his mouth in the first message of his assignment to preach the gospel of the kingdom the essence of it was this. Now, we could follow it in Luke 4. We could follow it in a lot of places. But the essence is still the same. And here, it's incorporated in one verse. Are you listening to me? Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God and saying. Say, this is what Jesus says about it. Say, say it again. This is what Jesus says. <coughs> say it again. Now say, this is what Jesus is saying about my situation. The time is fulfilled. What are you waiting on? Kingdom of God is at hand, within reach. Now notice what he said. Here's the two keys that will manifest to get this thing moving. Repent and believe. Which means when we're saying it's not time yet, we're not believing. And we need to repent from that and start believing. Amen? And that will unleash kingdom resource. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Ben Campbell Johnson, and we see Jesus saying this in the very first message he preached in Nazareth when he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. See the essence of the message? The message was all the stuff that you've heard, the anointings, the promises, everything that's available that you've been promised. Now's the time to have it. See, that's the message. The message is not all the stuff you've got. The message is, quit waiting on it. Go get it. You should be wearing it. 
Now, it's critically important to understand that because Ben Campbell Johnson records it this way, and I think it can't be said any better, so I'm going to read, or not read, I don't have it with me, but I'm going to quote what I remember of the paraphrase. The Lord brought it up to me this morning, and I don't have it with me, and so if there's a word or two different, I'll, I'll correct it in the next service. But this is the way he quoted this verse, Mark 1.15. He said, repent, change your attitude and your actions for an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Repent, change your mind, change your attitude, change your actions because an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Repent, change, change. Change your attitude. Change your actions. Because an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to read something to you by the Spirit of God that I think is critically important because he wants me to continue to refresh you in this. October the 5th, which was pointed out to me, I believe, last Sunday, that was actually Yom Kippur. I didn't plan it that way. I didn't get up seeking God because, you know, it's Yom Kippur or any of that. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that was brought to my attention, which shows you the Holy Spirit knows his stuff. <laughs> but the Lord said to me, you've only just begun. You've only just begun. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, this is the time I have been waiting on. Woo, are you hearing me? This is the time I have been waiting on. You've entered a season, a time of great restoration. Glory to God. Now, restoration is going to take a lot, a whole lot of preaching to get you to repent for the way you think about it. Because restoration God's talking about is recreation of original intent. And you got things so messed up, you can't in a million years figure out how he can do that. Well, he created you in the first place, didn't he? How did he do that? You got born again. Explain to me how that happened. You're going to get in and put that key in the car and fire up the engine. You got a pump that's going to put the fuel in. You got a, a battery and electrical system and uh, alternator that's going to put some spark on that fuel. Boom. It's going to cause enough thing to push that rod down and create power and push it out the end of that back of that vehicle. And almost nobody in here, you're going to ride that whole thing home and get home. Expect it to carry you that you're going to get in it and trust it. And you don't have a clue how it works. I said more right there than most people have a clue about other than a key. I got a key in a car. And you say, well, how do you know that that's the, the vast majority of all the people in America? Because I've seen them with the hood up on the side of the interstate going,
There's a reason that people make a whole business out of tow trucks. Because people want it to work, and they want to carry them somewhere, and they get frustrated when it doesn't work, but they don't have a clue what makes it work and why. And if it stops, they can't get it working again. We got to come up past that in spiritual things. Come on now, we got to come up past that in spiritual things. Glory be to God. Amen. So repent, he says. So restoration is going to take some preaching to get your mind wrapped around the creative miracles. Hallelujah. I, I, I promised myself I'm going to quit talking about this because by faith, I believe we're well on the other side of it. But people still are clueless. It, it, to me, I've handled it now for over 40 years. I've handled it so much. I'm more aware of it than I am. I have to look and see what suit I put on. I'm more aware of this than I am that. And it has to do with the supernatural. Let me say it this way. You've heard this. You've heard me tell this before in years past. Um, it's something I learned. Well, I heard this probably when I was very young. I just thought it was really funny because when I heard it, you know, I'm not much for the Aggies. Don't throw rocks at me. All our jokes were about the Aggies, you know. It wasn't the Pollocks or somebody else. It was all Aggie, Aggie joke. You know, like how do you get a one-armed Aggie out of the one-armed Aggie out of a tree? You know, wave at him. Hear <laughs> about the Aggie that drowned in the back of the pickup? He couldn't figure out how to let the tailgate down. Why Aggies don't eat pickles? They can't get their head in the jar. You're about the Aggie that burned his mouth on the tailpipe trying to blow up the bus. Terrorist Aggie. <laughs> you know, all right. I was suspense with all of that. We do have Texas A&M, Texarkana, and I root for them. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, you just prime the pump and then you start flowing. I, there's a hundred more where that came from, but let's don't talk about those, praise the Lord. <clears throat> the point is that uh, there's one, and it can be anybody. It doesn't have to be an Aggie, but we've been picking on them today. You know, they figured they were going to join the Navy. Yep. And there was two of them, and they just always worked together, you know. So they're signing up for the Navy and came in and said, uh, they said, well, sir, what do you do? He said, I'm a pilot. He said, you're a pilot. And he got real interested in signing him up for the Navy, you know. So he asked the other guy, what do you do? He says, I'm a cutter. He said, a cutter? What's a cutter? He said, well, I don't know if we have any use for that. What's your IQ? You know, he went through that. And he said, I don't believe we have you. He said, no, you don't understand. If I don't cut it, he can't pilot. <laughs> so <laughs> they got to work together, see. <laughs> so they decided to enhance their business by getting them a better saw. So they went to the store and, uh, I mean, got the fanciest saw around, you know, 
Guaranteed, he said, man, you're going to cut several cords of wood a day with this. Oh, and they started, they started, I mean, they started putting their pencil to how much they're going to make, how much more wood they can cut. At the end of the day, he comes dragging in there, dragging that saw, put it on the counter, and looked like he'd been pulled through a knot hole backward. <clears throat> he said, I'm dragging this saw back. Why? What's wrong with it? He said, it don't do what you said it would do. He said, well, what's wrong with it? Let me see. It's brand new. Got a warranty on it. He looked at it like that. He got it behind the counter and went, and that Aggie said, Oh, what's that noise? <laughs> He'd been using that chainsaw all day like this. <laughs> now, I'm telling you in this service right here, does this thing have a motor? Yes. Then turn it on. That's what I'm talking about. They're inside yourself. I can, when I'm preaching, it's so real to me, so tangible to me. People are not, nobody's resisting anything. It's the fact that you're neutral. Flip a switch. Say, I have a part to how this service goes. And the utterance will be so easy. And so will the reception. Notes will come by what the Holy Ghost says about what I say, not just what I say. Instead of you trying to just write down what I say, now we got the Holy Ghost engaged. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And you felt the sudden change. We got in worship, and it was wonderful. All the worship was wonderful. But the exhortation began to come. We began to wait. Did you physically, tangibly, was it clearly obvious to you that the atmosphere in the room changed? Yes, sir. It did that because of our response. The way you responded to what I had to say. The atmosphere would have been totally different if you'd have gone racial on me. Holy Ghost wouldn't have blessed it. Because there wouldn't have been unity and love and real truth in the house. And it's all in the way that you chose to process the information. He can only do in this room what we allow him. Doesn't mean he's not God and all-powerful. It means he loves us and there's a covenant with us and he won't override that free will. There is an anointing right here, first month of the year, to produce suddenly great restoration. I mean, what, today? Today's the day. Not 18 years from now when you're still saying it's not time. Today's the day. And I may not see it all with my eyes, but I guarantee you I step across the line in my heart. As far as I'm concerned, that settles it. Glory be to God. And you've been taught the word enough to know how to do that. So do it. Today. I'm talking about not after lunch. Right now while I'm preaching. Help me. Woo, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Have you ever heard a coach that's just coached for years and he can get in the locker room before a game or at halftime? It's just obvious. Boy, I could have coach talk about this. I'm sure he's got examples that just are marked. Where he can look in the eyes of his team and he knows whether or not, just by looking in their eyes, if they're ready or not to go play.
Amen? Yes. Glory be to God. God's looking for some folks on the edge. We are those people. But we have to make a choice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I didn't do those two-a-day practices for a month in the heat to go out there and lose. If we're going to treat it like a pickup game, I'm not doing all that running. But if we're really going to keep score, I'll get all in. And this is for keeps in here. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. I already, I'm t there it comes again. You feel the weight? Do you? Absolutely. You know what happened? You changed your mind. Changed your attitude and your actions. Just by what I said. Why? Because it's time. It's time now. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Say, it's my time. Woo, thank you, Jesus. So, great joy. Great joy. Time of restoration. We'll bring great joy. This is not the hour for grief. It's the hour of harvest. Glory to God. Now, there's a lot I've read to you about that, but that preceded what the Lord said. For many, 2023 will be their year of jubilee. This is a year of an open heaven. Mighty things are happening. We're not going to rehearse all that today because the Lord is very clear about this. He's clear about none of that will manifest unless there is some change. So what's important now is to build the foundation to create the vessel that he can fill because no, no person pours new wine into old wineskins unless it bursts and he loses it. God's interested in getting a harvest in and us keeping it. Amen. He's interested in whatever change is necessary for this thing to start working in full. Glory to God. I've got a verse that's come up in me three or four times, so I'm just going to read it right here. Romans chapter 15, verse 29. Glory to God. Romans chapter 15, verse 29. I love it. I love it. I love it. Glory to God. Because this is what I plan to do everywhere I go. I am sure. Say, I'm sure. That means I'm persuaded. I'm sure. I, 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 my faith is at a place to where this is what's going to happen when I get there. I am sure when I come unto you. Glory to God. As for me and my house, I'm sure when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Glory to God. Now, you can do what you want to, but I'm sure when I come, I'm headed to the fullness. Glory to God. It's time for it to be fulfilled in fullness. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Throw both hands up and say, Lord, I'm a candidate for more. Glory to God. If that means change, then I release my faith to change right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. Repent. Repent. Change your attitude and your actions. An invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Glory be to God. Now listen to this in the Amplified Classic. Mark 1.15 in the Amplified Classic. Let's just read it there. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. He came as saying, the appointed period of time is fulfilled and completed. Says time for me to stop being in the process of believing for my healing and receive it. I believe it's time for me to be healed. I'm just going to go on and receive it. Glory be to God. It's glory be to God. Say, it's time for me to no longer have those struggling nights of worry, sleeplessness, anxious about the next day, and no more of that. He gives his beloved sleep. I have power and a sound mind, and it's time starts tonight. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. It's time. Right now it's time. I'm done. We're running out of money before I run out of month. It's time for me to run out of month before I run out of money. Glory be to God. It's time. Say time for a change. I'm done. I'm finished with a blood covenant that promises me my children and my grandchildren. I'm done with putting up and allowing a dysfunctional family. I won't allow it. Glory be to God. It's time. It's not going to be 18 years till they come home. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Stop letting the devil play in your sandbox. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Say, I'm righteous. That means my mind is right. My body is right. My spirit is right. My money is right. My family is right. And I'm making right choices. And I'm doing the right thing at the right time with the right people, the right way, all the time, every time, because God is for me. So who can be against me? Well, it's time for everything in my life to line up with the will of God. Woo, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. Now say, I know this is going to require change on my part. I'm all in. Oh, y'all said that because you was on a roll. We're going to find out if you're all in or not. The day you come up uh, to the sound barrier and everything in your life starts going, and you feel like the airplane's going to blow apart because you've been the same way for 30 years. It's going to take faith to change. Because if you could have changed on your own, either you would have done it or you like how you are and you don't see any need to change, and that's a worse problem. Because now you think you're okay. And if you think you're okay, it means you think you're right about how this thing ought to work. Ooh, let's go to this side of the room because lightning may come over there <laughs> or over here. Whoever might be stubborn enough to be in witchcraft. Yeah. 
<gasps> witchcraft? Yeah, witchcraft. You've been bewitched. Thinking that that stubbornness in you is okay. That's a demon. You can swab your mouth all you want and see what kind of DNA you are, but everyone in the room is a Heinz 57, so... Like I said Sunday night down this report, I said, you get, well, I'm angry. They made me angry. I said, nobody can make you angry. You choose to be angry. You yield to that spirit. Huh? Well, that's the old Irish in me. I said, no, it's not the old Irish in you. It's the old devil in you. <laughs> Time to change. Time to grow up. We're not playing tiddlywinks. This is for keeps. And we're in the beginning of sorrows. There's too much at stake in the harvest and too many open doors for the sniper, the, assass the assassinator, the devil, to take people out. I'm not doing it anymore. Glory be to God. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Well, glory be to God. Let's read the rest of this. And saying the appointed period of time is fulfilled and completed. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Now, a lot of people think repentance is Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm so sorry. But there are a lot of people that don't have any emotions that are more repentant when they hear the word than people that well at the altar and get up 10 years later doing the same thing. Because repentance is not an emotion. It's a decision. The Greek word literally means change, your mind. Stop thinking you're right about it. Change your mind about it. Which means you have control of your mind. Glory to God. Metanoia. Change your mind. Go the opposite direction. Do a 180. You know, it's like that guy flying one time. John Coon said this early on. I got some... Because he heard a lot over his years of flying, and he'd say, he heard one guy say, we're going to make a 360 and get out of here. You, you do realize what that is, right? <laughs> hey, you make a 360, you're right where you were. <laughs> you can't make a 360 and get out of here. You got to do a 180. Right? You got to go the other way. Not the way you've been going. Another way. Glory to God, which means your attitude's got to change. Your opinions have to change. The way you think, conscious structure of formulated systematic thought about the way you think you should act toward people, the church, the anointing in life. It's got to change. Glory to God. Why? Because the kingdom of God's at hand. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I love this, have a change of mind which Issues and regret for past sins. Change of conduct for the better. Do you see that? Glory to God. So we have to acknowledge past sins, but then we have to change our mind about our past sins to agree with the Word, which means they're passed away, and I'm now the righteous of God in Christ, and my past sins aren't going to keep holding me down. He doesn't want me wallowing in the sorrow. Repentance doesn't mean wallowing crocodile tears all over the altar and wail and feel bad about yourself, and I blew it, and I can't do anything right. No, it means God is right about me. Did you know for you who feel unworthy to actually believe and accept that you are the righteousness of God in Christ is repentance. 
It requires humility to believe you've been made righteous. Otherwise, you're walking in your own mind, your own emotions, your own feelings about what you did, and you're way more self-conscious than you are God-conscious. So part of repentance is becoming God-conscious and less self-conscious because greater is he that's in me. Hallelujah, and there's a grace on me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Romans chapter 12, and let's talk about this for just a few minutes. Because if you were here last week, you will remember that there's the restoration of lost opportunities. There's ph phenomenal things coming. It's a time of harvest. All the Lord said about 2023. But to get, to get an open heaven poured out on our life the way that he's prophesied it, there's going to have to be some change. Amen? There's going to have to be some change. And change is something supernatural that happens by the mighty hand of God. It's not something you can do on your own. I really, and I'm quite sure this is going to lead us into great teachings on righteousness and dealing with that legal mindset and so forth. Because the bottom line is, the bottom line is, when you have a sin conscience, it is absolutely the arch enemy of all change. God's not holding you there, but you're holding yourself there. And as long as you hold it on yourself, it can never be released from you because he gave you dominion to make those changes. In the way you see yourself, the way you think about yourself, the way you talk about yourself. Glory to God. But that can only happen, it can't happen on your own. And the reason I brought that up about righteousness is because if we could have done it, Jesus wouldn't have had to have come. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness of God might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So we see this is something that happened on the inside of us that lifts us up out of the law of sin and death and consciousness of our own abilities. He did something to take me out of that, to give me power over that, to redeem me from that. I had to die. The person who was a failure the person who was a drug addict, the person who was a sinner, the person who was less driven, the person who was of a poverty mentality. But that, that dude died. Yeah. He got nailed to a tree. Yes. That cursed man, that jinxed one. Jinx, you know, say the same thing at the same time. Jinx. I, listen, there was a time in my life as a teenager, I'll never forget it. We, we'd always, they'd always play that game. Well, when I started learning spiritual things, the Lord started teaching me early that I'd set stuff in motion on my own. You can call it a curse all you want. Your dumb mouth did it. Your ignorance did it. Jinx. They say, you're jinxed. I say, why do I say that? Because, well, everything you touch just breaks while you got it or whatever. And for a while, I said, that's not the truth. For There was a, lot, a period of time in my life, even as a teenager, when I was learning these things, where everything I touched broke. I mean, it could work fine for everybody else. It would get in my hands and thing would snap or the cord would come out of it. And then I started talking what was. I just don't understand it. Why does it break when I touch it? What? And I tell you, my grandpa, I tell you what, he was so meticulous about his tools. I borrowed his edger once. And I mean, you know, he called it not, you know, today it's unleaded and leaded, but he called it yellow gas and white gas. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and he wouldn't, 
he, because his mower and everything, and the way it'd gum up, he'd, he'd run white gas in that thing, you know. And he'd know. I mean, he'd stick his finger in there and look at it and smell it, see if you put yellow gas in his edger. I mean, you can borrow it and use it, and he didn't let that out too much, but he'd know. Well, anyway, he, I still remember the door. He had padlocked to keep it under the cellar. And anyway, <clears throat> yeah, so I got that edger, and I'm out there with the edger, and I mean, I pull it two or three times. Now, this thing's worked for 50 years. Now, you know, really, if you start thinking in the natural, ain't no telling how many times that cord had been pulled by him and used by him. So it probably was already frayed, and here I am, you know. I'm, I'm in sports and lifting weights, and at that time I had a little bit more strength than I do now, and so when I went at it, I went at it, <laughs> you know. So I probably jerked the cord out of the thing. But the point is, it broke while I had it. Pulled the cord. <laughs> Cords in my hand. Fat balls, Edger. I felt like George Washington one day. I cannot lie. I chopped down the cherry tree. Really, because one day I was out there in the yard. We had a cherry tree that grew in the yard, and, and it got hard. And it, I, I, that's honest to God, I'm the pastor. So I wanted me to cut it down, and I didn't have a chainsaw, so I'm hitting it with the axe, dad's axe. He's at work. He's telling me to do it. And I was like, whack, whack. He showed me how, you know, chips are flying. You know, you're cutting the V in this thing. For those of you that have never used hand tools, <laughs> so, you know, I'm bringing it up, and then you, know, you got your hand up here, and then you're sliding it down, like, boom, boom, boom. I get that thing cut, and now I'm trying to chop up the stump, right? And I didn't find out until I was much older hearing a, hearing a man preach that lived in Alabama. I was in a meeting in Mississippi in his church, but I got in Alabama, because he's from Alabama, and he talked about a miswhack. And I'm like, Miss, miswhack. Miss what? That's like been around these Georgians for a while. It's not a water hose. It's a hose pipe. I never heard of a hose pipe. They say, you got a hose pipe? I'm like, I got a hose. That's a pipe that connects to a hose. No, the hose pipe is the hose. Just depends where you're from, you know. <laughs> right? Isn't that right? right? Yeah, so a miswhack. A miswhack is when you're swinging the axe and you miss the mark. It's called a miswhack. You hit what you wasn't aiming at. <laughs> and I had a miswhack. And the head of the axe went across and didn't hit the wood. The handle hit the wood. <laughs> Some wood broke, all right. <laughs> but it wasn't the thing I was chopping. The axe, the head just went snap, broke the handle right off. And I used to watch Penelope Pitstop when I was a kid. I didn't cuss and couldn't cuss, but I learned the word drat. It'd be drat, drat, double drat, triple drat, you know. They'd be racing all the time, and they get their plan, we get foiled, and they'd say drat. I looked at the thing, I said, hmm, drat. <laughs> <laughs> and it dawned on me one day I was cursing myself I am not jinxed I broke that thing I said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I got a revelation I said I'll never say that about myself again I wasn't born to lose I wasn't born to fail and I wasn't born to be jinxed when I touch it it'll work and you ask anybody around me computer won't work I said yeah, I've been trying to get that thing to work all morning. Is that not the truth? Coming in, the computer will start working. 
Of course, it works for me. Not because I'm special. Because the covenant works for me. And the covenant should work for you. Everything you touch should work. You ought to stop saying stuff like, well, I guess I always got to learn the hard way. Well, if you say so. Well, nothing just, it doesn't seem like anything's ever easy for me, if you say so. Because Jesus said the opposite. My yoke is easy. So some of y'all are going to have to change. Hello. Hello. Anybody listening in the room? Glory to God. It's time for you to start talking to your stuff. This covenant's voice activated. No mountain's going to move till you talk to it. No giant's going to have his head cut off that you won't speak to. Glory to God, greater is he that's in you. Cut him loose. Start talking to these things. They will obey you. I said they will obey you. They will obey you. And that's the problem with how hard it is to change. You've developed a stubborn mule kind of a thing that you talked yourself into. No, no more of that. If you're going to change, it's going to start with your tongue. And you go out to grit your teeth and look in the mirror and you don't feel like there's an ounce of faith in what you're saying. But the very fact that you're saying it by faith when you don't feel it is faith. The very fact that you're not speaking from feelings means it is faith because faith is not feeling. So glory be to God. My mama changed. I talked about last week. She looked in the mirror. Manic depression. Should have suicidal depression. I won't go into details about that. But finally one day she looked in the mirror. Doris Harris, you're not going to be like this. Do you understand me? Things begin to break from that day. Now I've got something for you here, and uh, I just want to just go ahead and do this. They brought these up. Pass these around right here if you would. There's a reason. Brother Clifford, if you'd help me on this side. Hallelujah. And just, you can just do it just like you would an offering container. I want everybody to have one of these. I saw it in the Spirit, and I'm going to finish preaching here in just a few minutes. I'm going to take you through something. But in the balance of this morning's message, I want you to take it, take one and just pass it like an offering container and get to the center and pass it along. Take one. Everybody get one. We're not taking communion together today in the sense of at the end of service, we're going to all take communion. This is for you to have in your hand, in your lap while I'm preaching. The Lord told me there's a moment that the word's going to come alive to them and for everybody to be different on something specific in their life. Glory to God. And I want them to have in their hand the ability to instantly take communion over the thing and release their faith to release the power to change whatever it is that comes up in their heart. Yeah, I'm going to change that. I'm going to break that thing. I'm going to break it today over the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Amen. So that's, and we're going to do this now for a series of weeks. You're going to come in, there's going to be a communion on your seat. Everybody's going to have one. And right in the flow of the message, when your faith rises and it's time to act, you're going to act. We're going to take communion over that thing. We're going to break its power. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk to you about that briefly. Let's go to Romans 12, and we'll go from there to a couple of things this morning for just a few minutes. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And everybody that watches online consistently and faithfully, and there's many, many of you, um, please find these disposable communions. You can get them, and, uh, or you can have the elements in your home if you're watching from home, and participate with us. Do this. Miracles are going to happen all over, the, all over the place. Glory to God. Romans chapter 12, he says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren. You know, this is a really kind of an intimate moment. 
I know it's Sunday morning and we got cameras and we got the studio here. Y'all bring the podium down there. I want, I want to finish the service right down there. Praise the Lord. They've got it. Praise the Lord. Now, Romans 12. Don't look at them. Look at me. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Be present. And that's what I was saying earlier about the things of God. When you're in service, be present. Don't be somewhere else. Present yourself. And we're going to see why here in a minute. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Glory be to God. Holy. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. A lot of the reason people are so wandering, they can't control their mind and their thoughts and they're not present. It's not because you've got some attention deficit disease they diagnose you with. And the drugs you're taking for are probably what's, okay, I won't go there. It's because you really don't believe you're holy. You've got to take care of yourself and think about all these other things because you've got to watch out for your back because, you know, I made my bed, i got to lie in it. You're carrying the care and the worry. If you knew you were right and holy, you're very comfortable being present here. See, I says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. So this is a revelation that we are worthy to be in this moment of assembly where the king is. And all of me is here. And that's the reason for the tithe. All of me is here. So the tithe puts me under an open heaven. Why? Because I'm honoring God with it. Why? Because it represents the earnings of the effort of everything I'm gifted with and have done all week long. And it represents my faith of the prosperity that I believe is going to come on me next week because we're giving it the first of the day. I honor him off of what he has prospered me for by faith that I'm not getting a pink slip this week. 400 employees can get a pink slip, but not me. Because God is the consistency of my provision, not my job. I'm not in church worrying about what the boss is going to say to me tomorrow. I'm present. Yeah, yeah. I'm trusting I've done this already, praise the Lord. But, uh, <laughs> but it's great to have one. Thank you. Because this is, this is, uh, this is very important, and I'm going to show you something that I think is, is critical today. Present your body as a living sacrifice, <clears throat> holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, <clears throat> that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I'm going to say something the Holy Ghost just brought up to me. I mean, he said it, just say it to them just this way. I mean, I heard him. He said, say this just this way. In order to get into the perfect will of God, you will have to renew your mind. You understand? In other words, in order for God's will to take place in your life, you got to change some of the ways you think. Because he doesn't think like you. 
Amen? Amen. So there's a proving it out. And the way you do that is you need help. Because some of you have habitual thinking patterns that you just can't change on your own. It's going to take some help, some grace to subdue not just your body, but your brain. I mean, it's everything you can do to reel in every, all the worry and everything going on in your life. And I got to pay that bill tomorrow and I don't know where it's coming from and I can't afford to tithe. And you're, you got all this and it's just like you're going bah! in the spirit. It's vomit. Unholy. You need to be present. Yes. Amen. I'm telling you, there's miracles of change in the room. Are you listening to me? Miracles of change are in the room. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! So he says here, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace, say grace. Through the grace given unto me to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Glory be to God. Say the measure of faith. Okay, so it's, it's critically important to settle some issues in your heart that you don't have to change in your own strength, that you have grace to change. The grace of God's going to come on you to empower you to make a change. Changes you can't make in your own strength. And they're not only going to be made, they're going to reposition you for the fullness of the blessing. And you can keep that blessing in your life the rest of your life. I mean, it made a switch. When I quit telling myself I was jinxed and everything breaks when I touch it, and really, then it flipped just like that. It began to flip immediately. And it took a little bit while to change that habit because we played that joke all the time. Kind of like slug bug going down the road. If you, uh, everybody play that, you know, slug bug? Huh? You're going down the road, uh, bug, you know, and call it out, slug bug. Well, here's the thing. You can quit slugging long before your mind quits playing the game. You can go down the road and quit hitting people. But that doesn't mean every time you see a bug, you're thinking about hitting somebody. Are you hearing me? So it takes a while to wash that out. And create a new habit. That's what I'm talking about here. You have to understand that you need grace. You need help with that. Can't do that in their own strength. But you got to be patient with yourself. Nobody gets up off an of open heart surgery and four bypasses and runs, you know, three days later runs a 440 in the track meet. Huh? Now that person can get back and run a 440. Well, they're not going to do it three days after open heart surgery. They've got to be patient with themselves because God will even accelerate the healing process. But you, this is open heart surgery we're talking about here. So quit getting upset and hindering the healing process by just beating yourself up. I, 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 just, don't know why, I just don't know why my chest still hurts and you're only a week out of surgery. Well, they split you open and put clamps in there and cracked your sternum and took your heart out and put it on a machine. And why do you think you're a little sore? So let faith and patience have its perfect work. Patience doesn't mean just be patient with circumstances. It means be patient with yourself. Quit beating yourself up. Give people room to grow. Give yourself room to grow. Nobody gets there overnight. Or eternity wouldn't be necessary. 
There's a reason we're going to eternity. It's to continually live out and see the fathomless, unending riches of the grace of God and His kindness extended toward us and that He gave us Jesus when we should have split hell wide open. So what is a month? What is six months? What is a year? Things start accelerating when you decide God's ready. So I need to change my mind and get ready to let him because he's ready for me to have it now. He's not upside up in heaven beating me over the head because I hadn't gotten it all yet. He's a lover. He's a blesser. He's a healer. He's a comforter. He's a guider. He's a teacher. He's a helper. He's a standby. He's an advocate, even an intercessor. And he's for me. And I, anytime I have a need, I can go to him boldly, get that thing fixed because there's grace at that mercy seat. Amen? But in order to get grace operative, I've got to have faith. Faith accesses grace. And we talked about that last week. This is Romans 5 where he says, Right? We have access into this grace by faith. Remember this verse last week? Romans 5, 2, by faith we have access into this grace. So well, the one with issue of blood, what she did, her, she experienced grace. Grace is dunamis. Grace is the anointing. Grace is the power of God to move the mountain, to heal the body, to manifestation of what we don't deserve. Power coming from another world to do what we can't do in our human strength. It comes on us. But what activates that grace is faith. So the one with the issue of blood recognized a grace in Jesus that he was willing to release to her and said, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be healed. Why? Well, he said, virtue went out of me, dunamis, dynamite. Grace went out of him, but what activated it? Faith. So faith, grace was all in the grace to heal. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. All the power of God that flowed out of Jesus was grace upon grace and gift heaped on gift. And he is the gift to the world. He's the light to the darkness. He's, oh, he's the lover of men's souls. His healing is his mercy gift. So that grace is available to every one of us in Christ. In Christ. But it's just like getting born again. No one can have the grace of being born again unless they believe. For by grace are you saved through faith. So faith is the doorway to activate the grace of God, which is activating the anointing. So don't confuse that because the anointing and grace are synonymous because grace is both strength and power and the anointing is power. We see this in second. Let me just prove this to you real quick. The Lord's telling me slow down enough to prove it. So I will. All right, go with me, please. Oh, glory to God. Go with me, please, to second Corinthians and you'll see the apostle Paul dealing with the devil a messenger of the enemy assigned by the devil himself to buffet him to keep him from getting his ministry done. And God said, here's the answer for this demon. My grace is sufficient. You see that? Here's the answer for this demonic onslaught. My grace, glory to God. Woo, my grace, hallelujah. My grace is sufficient. Now you know how Zerubbabel is going to finish this temple. It's been laying there dormant for 18 years. Huh? But he's going to bring the capstone and finish this temple supernaturally in a few days. 
because he's crying, grace, grace to it. Why, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So grace is his spirit moving in power to do something you hadn't been able to do in 18 years. Removing the mountain of human obstacles, removing the impossibilities of change, just glory to God, glory to God. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing on me so strong right now. And you need to understand that's why every one of you can change. Because it's grace to change. Say grace to change. Say I have grace to change. Say I have I can change. I have grace to change. I have faith to activate the grace to change. And last week I told you I'm authorized to prophesy your transformation today. Glory to God. I command everything for you, around you, and to you. Things will begin to change from this day. Hallelujah. Things are changing in your life right now. I'm authorized, anointed by God, graced by God to announce to you the good news that the time is fulfilled. Today is your day of change. Immediate, sudden, absolute, spectacular, otherworldly recreation of original intent change. Old things are passed away. All things are brand new. They'll be changed. There'll be much change. There'll be great change. It'll be a year of change to get under an open heaven and to see God's harvest come because this is the time he's been waiting on. Amen. So you need to say right now, I need to change. Now, here's what I need to say to you about that, and then we'll read 2 Corinthians as I, as I led you to. A person's life, and you may or may not want to write this down, but, but, but I think it'd do you good if you can. And, of course, at any point, as you're taking these, this communion, you know, you, you know how to orchestrate all this, right? But notice what it says. A person's life will conform to what they believe God's plan is for their life. So the day Satan accuses you and you agree with him and you believe because of what you've done, now God cannot ever do what he promised. Then your life's going to conform to what you believe God's plan is because you yielded to the devil's lie about what you think. Somehow you think that you're big enough to alter God's promise, to change God, to change his plan. You're not big enough to change God. You're not big enough to change His covenant. You're not big enough to change His word. You're not big enough to change His plan. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. What you need to understand is sin didn't change God. It changed you. And He came to die for you to change you back. Glory to God. You understand? That's why grace is available. You can't break it bad enough. He can't fix it. You can't sin bad enough to change God's mind about it. If you could, He would have gone... And Adam and Eve would have been crispy bacon in the garden. Yes. <laughs> he snapped. He'd have snapped them and thrown them into hell. But he didn't. He covered them instead. Yeah. Made a way for his full plan to be restored. Oh, yes. Even if it took thousands of years. And what does the death, burial, and resurrection prove? It proves that 4,000 years of history can change within 72 hours. Forever the destiny, the eternal destiny of every human that ever lived, both dead and future lives of unborn children, were forever changed 4,000 years of human history. Snap! Changed. In less than 72 hours. It's going to happen to you this year. Resurrections of hope and lost dreams. Resurrections of purpose and potential. <laughs> Woo, I'm happy. 
I don't know about you, but I've already been to church. Hallelujah. I've had church inside myself already. Glory to God. Woo, glory to God. All right, let's look at this quickly here. 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 12. He says in verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. God doesn't have the devil on a short leash. He's not walking him around like a pit bull and cutting him loose when he wants to say sick him. God and the devil aren't on speaking terms. <laughs> Just get clear. He's not the teacher of the church. So it says hell wasn't made for, for men, but for the devil and his angels. So the devil has angels, and this messenger of Satan, the devil sent him. God didn't send him. God didn't even allow it. Adam's sin allowed it. He's roaming the earth, seeking whom he may devour. It's impossible to live life without the opportunity to get offended, but woe to him through whom they come. Don't take the bait. Everybody's going to have the temptation. None of us have to yield. The grace of God is sufficient. That's what you need to understand. That's his nature. He's a stinger. He's a killer. He's a murderer. He's right. That's who he is. He's a troublemaker, but you don't have to let him in your garden. Glory to God. And if he does get in there, you can get him out. Glory to God. You can root him up and get him out. Hallelujah. So notice what it says. He says here in verse seven that uh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. That means deal repeated blows lest I should be exalted above measure. So the whole idea is to stop the revelation from flowing and what the revelation will exalt you in life to do. Satan wants to stop what was revealed to you from coming to pass. That's the whole purpose. Heaven had a purpose that it revealed to you and it's greater than what you're walking in now and Satan's trying to stop it. And it doesn't help the father resist the devil when you're walking around saying, I just don't understand why it's taking so long. I just don't understand. Because when you're not laughing, the devil thinks he's winning. Let me try that over here. When you're not laughing and smiling, the devil thinks he's winning. God is not the spirit of heaviness or depression. That is a demon. That's the spirit of this world, and you need to deal with it at all costs. And I don't care if it's been on your family six generations. It stops with you. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And nobody said it'd be easy, but it's doable. Amen? Dig the roots up. Pull them out. Decide right now, I'm not going to be this way the rest of my life. Glory be to God. Woo, hallelujah. Amen? I have grace to change. I have grace to change. You do realize that anointing in Jesus would have touched everybody that touched him on that street, but that woman got it. So you see, maybe everybody in here could change, but somebody's going to get it. Woo, somebody's going to get it. Jesus is walking through the room. Somebody's going to get their change. That miracle of sudden change. 4,000 years of human sin-filled, tragic, murderous history changed in less than 72 hours, and Jesus rose from the dead. I'm telling you, I'm changing. I don't know about you, but I'm changing. Go ahead. Go ahead, obey God. I'm telling you, this church is changing. I'm telling you, our partner base is changing. Glory be to God, 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 glory be to God. I prophesy to you, this is your day of change, hallelujah. Things are changing in your life. Your body is changing from weakness to strength. Paralyzed parts, body parts that don't work, they're changing and being resurrected. There's new hearts, new ligaments, new kidneys, New intestines, 
new eyes, new ears, new bones, new marrow, new nerve endings, new feet, new fingers, new toes, new joints. They're all in the house. Glory to God. The master of miracles is walking down the aisles. Jesus, the glorious Lord of all change, the champion of change. He's the champion of change. And he's in the room changing you, changing me. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Glory be to God. How? Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, let's just thank him a little bit. Hallelujah. Miracles are happening in the room right now. <laughs> Tell him, Lord, I'm prepared for you to accelerate the change in my life. Now say this, I see this church changing. God. <laughs> Woo! Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Please be seated for just a second here. I'll find a place because, hey, we're just going to stay at this, all right? You see the anointing that's coming in the room? What's it doing? What's, how has it come to do? Effect a change. Glory be to God. Yeah, glory. Glory is mir miracles of change are in the room. The champion of change is walking the aisles. Mm. Woo! I'm telling you, when Jesus showed up, anointed, everything changed. Glory be to God. <laughs> Blind people began to see. Lame people began to walk. Deaf people began to hear. Demon-possessed people began to be free. People got in their right mind. Man, when he showed up, it changed. Water went to wine. Fish, fish multiplied in the desert. The laws of gravity don't work. He's walking on water. Everything changed when that anointing came. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's in very, it's in very special. I'm in a different place. Excuse me. I just had a thought come up in me. And, you know, heavenly thoughts merge with natural thoughts sometimes. God can be so funny. He laughs all the time. I mean, he's joyful. I know people aren't, but he, he, he is. Because he's not nervous about how it's going to turn out with you. So you don't need to be nervous about how it's going to turn out with you. I heard this. I don't know why I kept hearing this, but you know, uh, I guess it's because Jesus taught about fish and birds and seeds and grapes and 
I don't know, maybe it's a commercial you've seen. I don't know, but I keep hearing this word, kibbles and bits. <laughs> kibbles and bits and kibbles and bits. And, uh, and I just see it. I just see him. <laughs> you know, because not everybody can handle big old change right now. You're, you're just throwing out some bits right now. <laughs> but man, y'all out there eating it up. I mean, glory to God. There's change in the room. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to change bit by bit until boom, you explode into a new you. Glory to God. Woo! Glory be to God. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> my daughter took my phone the other day and she was doing something for me or maybe she was just looking at it. I don't know. Sometimes they steal it because they think I can't do anything and then sometimes I hand it to them because I can't do it. <clears throat> and I don't remember which case this was. All I know is she went like this and all of a sudden if these new phones, you know, they, they got all these. It's like a computer in your hand, of course. So she said, she just looked up at me. I'll never forget. I don't remember exactly how she said it, but it was something like, <laughs> it was like, why do you have all this open? You know, <laughs> she has about like 12 pages open, different apps and everything, didn't close them. You know? No wonder your phone is slow. <laughs> well, that's what goes on as you get older. You just get a lot of pages open in your life. And you just need to get, you just need to just get, get rid of some of them. Quit looking at them. Just, it slows you up. It, now, you know, <laughs> glory be to God. Yeah, yeah. But right now when I'm preaching, I got lots of pages open. So I'm just saying I got to figure out what bit we got to do before we go home today. Because <laughs> there's going to be some bits. And you're going to have a communion on your seat every Sunday. Glory to God. Woo! Whoa! <laughs> All right, let's go back over this. We'll see how far we can go. A person's life will conform to what they believe God's plan is for their life. So one of the things you're going to have to change is you're going to have to come on up and agree with God about his plan for your life. I've got a verse for you there uh, that comes up in me now. I didn't write it down when he spoke that to me, but it's Proverbs 16.3 in the Amplified Classic. Man, do I like this verse so much. I love it. Proverbs 16, verse 3, Amplified Classic. He says this, Row your works on the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to Him. Look now, He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. Oh, glory. Number one thing you're going to have to do to change that I always have to do to change is cast my care over on the Lord. If you're, if you're steeped in king worry, queen worry, forget changing. It prevents all supernatural movement in your life. Your faith is in the wrong things. It means you're a self-made person. You're taking care of yourself. No, you have a caretaker. Hallelujah. And he is for you today. Praise the Lord. Now, the second statement I want to make is your life, that is a person's life, will continue to conform and strengthen what has been. So I'm going to put this in a plural you because I know it's a we and I know how to do the same thing. That's why I'm preaching to you. I've walked it out in many ways and continue to. That's how that revelation comes, how I know it can work because I've changed. 
Amen. I know people can be healed. I've been healed. I know people can get a harvest. I've had a harvest. I'm not preaching theory. I'm preaching a covenant. Glory to God. And God's no respecter of persons. Amen. So he says, you, I'm going to just put in the plural, you, you will continue to conform and strengthen what has been, or you will transform into what God has planned and can be. You're not going to stay neutral. As long as you stay, yeah, I'll do that, Lord. You know, we ask him to teach us. He's the teacher. Now, I know we're in 2 Corinthians 12. I haven't forgotten that, but look at this scripture in Proverbs. We already went to Proverbs 16. Now, look at Proverbs. Let me go back here because I want to I want to show you the context, if you would. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God is a good God, is he not? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and I want you to look at Proverbs 18. And I want you to look at verse 21. Now, this is a verse that You've heard before, but I want to put it in context for you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. But now here's the context. If you back up, verse 20, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So how can you get your life filled with increase? Huh? Huh? So you're, you're filled by the increase of your lips, so fill your lips with increase. Do you see that? But now back up to verse 19 because that's the verse I was going to. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city because their contentions are like the bars of a castle. I could stay on change and preach it all year long, but if you resist me, you're not going to even stay neutral. You're going to get more bound. You have to understand that when we resist the Spirit of God's influence in our life, we are literally actually cementing our own jail bars. You, you can't stay neutral. You will either continue to conform and strengthen what has been, or you will transform into what God has planned and can be. And that's something you're going to have to decide to quit resisting. You can't resist change and change. Now, one of the biggest things about this, boy, I, th I thought I'd get further than I am, but that's okay. One of the biggest things about this that has to happen inside a person is there is this default setting when things around us aren't go quite right. Well, who says they're not going quite right? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, it's not all about you. That's what I mean. So you're on your way, and you didn't start to church enough early enough to get to church on time peacefully. So now you're hitting every red light. Why don't those people go? Well, they, they got their blinker on. Why don't they turn and get out of my way? I got to get to church. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is the epitome of you only seeing the whole world as it revolves around you and what they should do to make your life better. 
you got to get clear that the change I'm talking about is not other people changing around you. You need them to change so you'll be better. No, not everybody else needs to change. Sweetheart, you need to change. It's not about the stumbling block thrown in your path. Quit being the stumbling block. It's not about them being a thorn in my side. Stop being a thorn. That's the change God's looking for. Get outside of you and start putting other people's lives. Because one of the biggest purposes God has for you is to influence other people. To be bigger than you are. So the scripture tells us to, the path to restoration. I know I'm in 2 Corinthians. I think we may get there, but if not, we will in the series, okay? All right, go to Galatians. Look at this. I think you'll like this. Holy Ghost is in the lead, and I'm following him. I like swimming in the river. Thank God for the word. Amen? Look what it says in verse 1 of Galatians 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Anybody spiritual in the room? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So before you get a real strong opinion about somebody that sinned and how other people respond to that, or even something you know in the natural about somebody, and the next thing you know, last week they blew it, and you know how bad they blew it, and the Holy Ghost comes on me in a service, calls them out, and gives them one of the most glorious prophecies. And you're sitting there thinking, I don't ever get a word. I don't know why in the world. I know what they did. And look at God talking to them like that. But how about you consider yourself, friend? You old perfect one, you. I mean, I know what they did. I know what they've been doing. And I know that hadn't changed. It hadn't been, it hadn't been a month since they changed, and here they are prophesying. <laughs> well, you're a religious outfit, you. You've been here 20 years living right and holy, and you ain't prophesied yet. <laughs> so maybe God's looking for you to change and be a little more... Y'all was shouting and running and excited. Y'all was even giving offerings. This isn't this evidently isn't the this isn't the part of the message where offerings are given, I guess. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. We don't make change out of the offering. <laughs> That's a okay. So you don't get any of this message back. You got to eat the whole thing. Glory to God. <laughs> uh, she just letting everybody know she clear. <laughs> Verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I mean, you know, we have an enemy called the devil. 
The church has to fight the devil to grow. It doesn't need to be fighting the people keeping folk away. Everybody thinks they want to be pastored. No, no way. Until <laughs> I actually start doing it. <laughs> Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Hmm. Let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Glory to God. Now that's huge. Now notice right in verse 10. When he says, let us not be weary in well-doing in verse 9 about our reaping. Verse 10 says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially them who are the household of faith. I know people that are nicer to the people that they do business with all week than they are the people in church. They got it backwards. You need to change. I know people that talk nicer to other folk than they do their own family or their own husband or wife. You ought to talk most, the, the nicest, the kindest to the one you love the most. Don't make me bring up that Andy Griffith story. <laughs> That's another message for another time. Anyway. <laughs> All right, now let's look, at, let's look at this. This is really important. Philippians chapter 2. Notice what it says in Philippians chapter 2. It says in verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. So what that means is, when you're all excited and your team won at the ball game, and you're getting in line, but you couldn't get, you couldn't get folks to come on and get in the car so y'all can beat the traffic out, <laughs> that it might be okay for you to have enough patience to let a car in in front of you. It's character building. Well, why would you want to do this? Because the glory's coming. Praise the Lord. Oh, man. Well, glory. Glory to God. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for just a second. Yes, sir, I can do that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for opening your heart and letting the flow of the Word of God be so rich today. You get anything out of the Word today? Yes. 
Oh, give the Lord a shout in the house. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let me just tell you something. If you're here in the house today, you are not here by accident. God brought you here to work a miracle of change in your life. The anointing of change was in the room. You set the moment of your change as you took communion. You need to just time whatever time you think that was, date that, and decide today I took my step through the door. The change begins today. Glory be to God. The champion of change is in my heart and my life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm going to leave a hook to hook into for next week, all right? Everybody okay with that? Here's what we're going to do. I just want to do this because I, my time's up today, and I've gone far enough today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord. I mean, I get in the river like this. I don't ever, my mama had always had to beg me four times to get out of the pool, so you get it. I'm, I'm a swimmer in the river. <laughs> One more, mama. It's getting dark, son. Well, I can see it. I can see how many times that stone skips across the water. <laughs> Glory be to God. I know this. My daddy would go fishing. I guess I got it honest because it didn't matter if he caught anything or not. If he got four dozen minnows, he's going to use them all. So, my, so he's staying until the minnow runs out. Not until he catch something or not and I'm ready to go home. No, no, no. We got bait. We're going to fish. So, so my Aunt Ruby, his sister, she, <laughs> she, they'd be sitting there, and when he had his back turned, he's looking like this. She'd take, she'd take the little net down in the minnow bucket. She'd dip four or five minutes when he wasn't looking. Go, turn around, fish. He'd look up, and it'd be you know ten, eleven o'clock. They'd been out there six, six a.m. You know, <laughs> it'd be ten o'clock or so, and she'd and he'd look in there and say, "Wow, we got four dozen. May we use that many minnows already?" She said, yeah, I guess so. We just lose them. They bind them. She learned a trick to that deal. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Kibbles and bits. At least we got a little bit of change in the house today. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. Glory to God. Hey. Just because I said it four or five times, I confessed it into existence. I do believe I owe you 2 Corinthians 12 real quick. <laughs> the devil's dealing repeated blows, trying to stop the man of God from fulfilling the purpose of God. He goes to the Lord and said he besought the Lord three times. Lord, and why did he pray three times? Because it didn't work the first two. I mean, it's not a real deep revelation here. Stay at it. Amen. Because <laughs> the problem is not on heaven's end. Amen. So the Lord said to him, isn't it interesting? I'm going to say something here that I now know somewhat of why the Lord had me do this before I actually dismiss the service today. Uh, you know, the way that reads, you would think that he said he prayed and the Lord said this to him every time. But that's not the way this reads. This reads, the Lord finally answered him after the third time he prayed. So he'd been praying about this a while. And he couldn't figure it out. You understand? Like, just like when that woman was following him. These would be servants of the Most High God after many days. But then he got it in here and turned and rebuked that spirit and was done. Well, this is what happened here. I want to encourage you that so many times when we're in the battle, hurt 
H-U-R-T, hurt. Hurt hinders hearing. It's hard to hear when you're hurting. Because so many times, God's not patting you on the back. He's trying to get you to make a change that'll stop the hurt. It'll stop giving place to the devil who's causing the hurt. And when you're hurting and you get offended, that's why he doesn't want you offended. So your mind is clear and you're sober for him to talk to you about how to fix it. Because you can esteem. See, when you're offended, you're not esteeming the other person more than yourself. You've lost that. No matter what, when you stop being unthankful and ungrateful, when you're not really grateful, and most people aren't honest with themselves, they'll say it. They'll give lip service. You know, I'm grateful for everything that's been done. Well, but they have short memories. Oh, really? Because there's something behind that statement. That's a different statement than saying, like, like when I say I'm saved, Lord, I am born again. I am not going to hell. My sins are forgiven. If you never did another thing for me, I am so grateful. That's a different statement. Well, now I'm grateful for all that's been done, but see the difference? All right. So sometimes it takes you a while to process your emotions and get them on the right side of the line. And he'll talk to you when you are willing to do that, when you're willing to get out of yourself. Hallelujah. Am I helping anybody at all? Okay. I hope so. I've walked it out. We're not where we want to be, but we're way far from where we used to be. Isn't that right? We're going somewhere together. Wow. Anyway, I got to be quick here. So he said, my grace is sufficient for, for thee, for my strength. Say strength. Strength. Is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the, say power. Power, power of Christ. Say Christ, Christ. May rest upon me. The word Christ there is the anointed one, his anointing. So we got three words. We got strength, we have power, and we have anointing. And those three words are synonymous with the word grace. Sufficient grace is sufficient anointing. Sufficient grace is sufficient strength. Sufficient grace is sufficient power. That's what I wanted to say to you. You have the grace to change, which means you have an anointing on your life that will effect a change and break off of you what's keeping you from changing. You have the power to effect a change and keep that change in motion when you get it. Glory be to God. You've got the grace to change. If you just use your faith, boom, it'll release the power of God and your life will begin to make a turn. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you receive that today? You receive that from the Lord today? Hallelujah. Now we're going to head down the line on this thing because I'm going to deal with, I thought I'd get there today. Really, we're going to talk about some steps on how to change. Actually, how to do it from the scripture. How do we make this happen? And part of it is this communion factor and all of that. But I want you to know one of the critical components to accessing the anointing to change is to be connected to the person, the connect point of the anointing that will affect that change. This is exactly why Peter got his nature changed. Are you listening to me? Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? 
Thou art the Christ, the anointing I'm attached to. Thou art Peter. In other words, he went from Simon to Peter when he realized the anointing he needed to be connected to because the anointing of the grace on that connection is what brought about the supernatural access to change. Which is why you got to be present. And it's why you don't get to go to the church of your choice. Because not every church is going to carry the anointing you need for change. Especially not the miracle change. Glory be to God. So glory be to God. Hallelujah. So Satan wants people away from the agent of change. He wants people to stay bound. The Lord wants them free. So go get them in the highways and the byways. Get them, compel them to come in and say, you need a life change? You've been dealing with this for 10 years? I know exactly where you can get it. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen? And you will watch and revival will come. Change your attitude and your actions and invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Glory to God. Do you believe that today? Give the Lord a shout in the house. Hallelujah. Woo! Say it one more time. I can change. I have the grace to change. I'm anointed to change. There's power around me right now. I am changing. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. I see it. I see myself changing. I see myself changing. Don't hold me in that box. That's, that's what you think I was, but that's not who I am. Glory be to God. And I'm not going to stay here. I'm coming out. I'm making a change. I know the way to change. I, I'm empowered with the agent to change. I have the champion of change in my heart. Oh, I've got the anointing to change on my life. And I am a changing influence on others. Yes, When they meet me, they're going to collide with the power for them to know their life doesn't have to stay the same. <laughs> Woo! Do you believe that? Glory to God. Then open your mouth and spread change. Just tell people it can be better. They don't have to be like this. You're in the grocery store and they say, oh, just, oh, just, it just seemed like, oh, just, it just, well, I'll be doggone, this card never works. And just simply say, well, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. They'll look at you real weird. Huh? So can I just pray with you? God has a better plan for your life than that, than everything being so hard. See, witnessing is so easy when you get out of yourself. See, when you're worried, well, they just might reject Christ and reject me, and I don't know everything to say. And what if I, that's all about you, friend. Now you, you, you're self-conscious. If you care about them, it don't matter about you. Say, well, your car's not working? Well, I'm $5 short. Well, Huh? Pull it out. Glory be to God. Amen. Woo. Father, thank you for the harvest. In Jesus' name.